we all know I'm super passionate about living healthy and treating our bodies uh, like a temple with all of the information that we have out there and just kind of using that. But I do want to talk about something that is kind of looked down on our culture and it's such a controversial topic and it makes me so sad that it is such a controversial topic. So you might be asking, what is this controversial topic? I will tell you, it is feminism, which is kind of funny because when I say that word, a lot of people think, oh, well, that's not dead. That's not, you know, maybe not necessarily controversial. And the reason I say it's controversial, because from a biblical standpoint, it's so controversial considering what the world views feminism as. Today, feminism is anyone who identifies as a woman. Well, that can mean a biological man who stands up and puts a dress on and, you know, speaks in front of his camera and audience and depicts his day-to-day life in a day of a girl or day of a woman. And that is not what feminism is. And that is not even what the feministic movement originally started on. So, like, what did the original feministic movement even start on? Okay, so I'm going to break it down uh, into four waves, which is kind of what they call people now. So like a lot of times people will be like, oh, I'm a first wave feminist or a second wave or a third or fourth. Okay, so I do want to explain what these waves are because a lot of times if you watch any videos on feminist anything, they will talk about these and it is kind of confusing. So for example, the first wave is it talked about, um, I think it was in the late 19th century, um, was when women got together and they decided to ask for specific rights, such as like the right to vote. Uh, They were pushing for more reproductive rights. The biggest thing the first wave did was they had one simple goal and that was to have society recognize that women were humans and not property because again if you think like way back before this like women you know it was so hard without a man in their life like a man to provide like they did not own property they like had so many rights that like they did not have like considering looking at nowadays And it was just so hard if you weren't married or if you, you know, didn't have a family. And so they pushed for those, which it was good, but then it kind of went too far. So the second wave feminism took place in the 1960s and 70s, and it was built on the first wave feminism, and it challenged what women's role in society should be. Now, this meant focusing more on reducing gender discrimination, giving women access to male-dominated spaces, such as, like, workspaces, and promoting equality. They wanted to reshape society entirely. So this was a huge difference from the first wave, considering the first wave only wanted, like, voting rights and to be seen as human. So then we come to the third wave and third wave again was, you know, going into the 1990s, uh, were able to think about other aspects of their identity, welcoming individuality, rebellion, kind of going more away from like 
family oriented. Uh, many women were freely expressed uh, their sexuality and how they spoke, dressed, and acted. Um, they resisted traditional femininity. And while many ideas and movements swirled around this time, the one rule was that there were no rules and a woman should choose how she lives her life. Now we come to the fourth and final wave, which is what, you know, most people are today, which comes with the growth of the Me Too movement. And so a lot of people are in the fourth wave are pushing the whole white feminism, uh, which ignores the unique struggles of women of color. And so they're pushing that. Um, they're looking at trans rights, which are now part of the conversation with women. So that is biological men who are women now have transitioned into a woman. They are saying that they also deserve women rights. And they say that feminism has often been an unwelcoming and hostile place for trans women and others who reject the gender binary. And so now these fourth wave feminists are working to combat this. Obviously, this is from a very political, um, worldly standpoint. And I do want to point that out because this is, especially the fourth wave, is so far removed from a Christian standpoint. And I mean, we can see this. We see it so often in our social medias and on the news, like wherever you're looking, you see Christianity either being torn down or twisted and screwed into different ideas and order to fit people's worldly perspectives. And obviously that's not how the Bible works. And that is not how God works. God does not shift and adjust to our worldviews. Our worldviews need to shift and adjust to God's worldview. It's actually kind of funny because I feel like after COVID, a lot of people woke up and they saw a lot of things. And especially even in Christian communities. And I'm not saying this for all because I still see a lot of Christians kind of blinded and it's really sad. But I think some of us are waking up and realizing that what the world is pushing and teaching is not biblical. It's no longer like clouded by truth. It's pure lies. And people are starting to see that. And so now my Instagram could be the algorithm uh, too, but like I was talking to my hairstylist and she was telling me like how many people she knows that are growing their own food, that have chickens, that like, which is like little things, obviously, because I talk about this all the time about like how we're supposed to take care of our bodies and like looking into what we're putting into our households and all of that because we are supposed to be stewards and so I think that we're waking up and I think that the Bible has a very clear definition of what feminism is and what we as women are supposed to be. So I want to read Proverbs 31, which talks about the life of this prosperous woman. 
an excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm in all days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. And she opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household. For all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates and when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing. She laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. So throughout this whole thing, she is not talked about as the world depicts like this feministic, you know, Christian woman as submissive and quiet and she sits at home and manages the children and she is not outspoken. She has no opinions of her own. She uh, loves to stay at home and she doesn't really do anything else for her household other than look after the children. And I think that is such a watered down so watered down like there's barely a drop of what actually is happening when a woman is at home following what God has laid out in scripture for her and I want to talk about I know it's a struggle being a stay-at-home mom personally and I know not everyone struggles with this but it can sometimes be a very lonely hard, exhausting task. And then you're adding in just different aspects of trying to cook all the meals, take care of all the children, homeschool them, and raise them up to be these God-loving souls. And that is so hard. And it can be exhausting and lonely. But yet, I don't think I've ever found so much fulfillment in anything rather than sitting here watching my children grow and making them meals and knowing that this is what God has allowed me to do and of course not everybody gets to be mothers um, from their wombs some are have adopted kids and some have fostered kids but that ability to watch them grow under your care and foster this loving nurturing home is so 
satisfying and fulfilling. Also, in the verses, it never says that she sits at home and just watches the kids and does nothing. She is doing so much. And I do want to point out, I think a lot of people think, oh, she does it all. But it's not really mentioned. I mean, you can kind of look at it through context, but this is over her lifetime. This isn't just like a week of, you know, she's making all of these garments and she's making all the bread and she's taking care of the children. Like this is over her lifetime. And as women, we go through stages. We go through stages of bearing children and then they're older. And that's, you know, homeschooling them or putting them through school, whatever is good for your family. But it's that stage and then you don't have kids anymore. And women, a lot of times through children, find their identity in that. And that's not where we're supposed to find our identity. Our identity is in Christ. And there are still things for us to do even when our children have left the house, which we don't talk about. And it needs to be talked about because one day our kids are going to leave and our identity that we've placed in them and around this motherhood is not going to last. And of course, we're still going to be mothers, but it's just going to look so differently and you're not going to be wiping butts and you're not going to be cleaning up, you know, rice off the kitchen floors. I want to encourage the women out there that are listening to enjoy the small moments, to slow down. And our culture is so fast-paced. And I realized, I sat down one day and I realized two years have gone by with my oldest. Like, how did that happen? goes by so fast, guys. And when you're so tired and exhausted and sleep-deprived, you're like, this is never going to end. And I get that. But it does go by fast, and it's going to be gone before you know it. And I do want to say that you can, not every woman is made to do it all. And I think there's a lot of women out there that are go-getters. That is great. God made certain people, specifically like me, um, that just like have a different hobby every other day that constantly can't sit still which is great but also like learning to slow down and knowing you don't have to do it all but also like if God opens the door for you to be able to like work from home or do something from home that you love while raising your children that is amazing and I absolutely think that you can do that I also want to say that I think in most cases that a woman should be staying home and raising the children. We see it biblically over and over. And sometimes, you know, it doesn't work out and the husband has to stay home with the kids because whatever reason or parents absolutely both have to work for a short period of time. But I think in most cases, they the mom should try and stay home and raise the kids and the husband bring home the money so that the wife can feed the family and create this nurturing 
loving home. And I would have loved to get into the whole topic of submission because I think that, again, plays into our culture's view of this domesticated wife that is like this horrible image. And here's the thing that I've come to realize recently is the world really likes to screw with us and watch us kind of drown while we're looking for little bits of truth and trying to piece things together. The world loves it. Satan loves it. But just opening up your Bible and seeing like the pure truth of God's design for women and how we were meant to give life. We were meant to be nurturers and women have the power to bring life and to take life which is amazing because God gave us the ability to physically give life and then our words our words have such power as women so God gave us this incredible gift as women to physically and then also through our mouths talk and give life or to take life and Oh, I could just go on and on. God uses so many women throughout the Bible to carry out his redemptive plan from prostitutes to the lowest of the low. And it's amazing because the world constantly tells these lies that God doesn't, you know, think highly of women or you know we're only supposed to stay in this little box and yet we look at scripture and God used so many different women in so many different stages and areas of life like heck he used Ruth who like wasn't even an Israelite he used you know Mary who was a virgin of course he used Esther who was an Israelite and you know a nobody He used Rahab, who was a prostitute, to, through her, she, like, through her line, Christ came from her, like, from David, then to Christ. And even looking at the men, like, the men were not perfect. God used all different types of men, too. And so God uses broken people to bring about his plans. My last thing I want to say is when you're looking at the world and they are trying to explain feministic things, when you have a man on your social media that dresses like a woman but is not a woman and is telling you what a woman is, don't listen. Because we know it's lies, it's blatant lies being thrown in our face and shoved down our throats. And the world is saying, believe it, because it's true, because we're saying it's true. It's not true, and it's not biblical. And people, I've seen more and more people wake up, and I think more people need to wake up and be told the truth and 
I'm sorry, but all of this um, acceptance and tolerance is complete BS because you can love somebody and still not agree with what they are doing in their lives. And so I think we can love people, but say absolutely not. What you are living is a lie. And I can love you. Hate the sin, not the sinner. Because ultimately, God defines feminism and God defines who women are. And that is ultimate truth. And God's truth can't be changed no matter the time, no matter the century, no matter the year, the country, the culture, no matter anything, his truth is universal and it never changes. I have so much fun making these for you guys and interviewing different women. And so what you can do to help me out is leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Share this with all your friends and family as well. New episodes come out every Thursday, 8 a.m. Central Time. This is Elise Weathers, and this is Womanhood in the Rock.